do here is go back, 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 back. This is Eat and Drink, the mini-episode, hosted by Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Some mature content and language may come up, so consider yourself warned. Now, get ready for Eat and Drink. This is Eat and Drink. This is the mini-episode. It's the continuation, or the part two, of last Sunday's mini-episode. Uh, that's Marco Timpano uh, talking right there. I'm Ali Hassan. Uh, this this episode has, has turned out to be uh, quite a comedy of... Uh, of um, Disrespect. Us, uh, well, no, no, a comedy of us not really knowing ourselves. It's The list is from MNN.com. It's called 15 Things You're Doing Wrong in the Kitchen. MNN, MNN thinks they know you and thinks you're doing some wrong stuff. We thought we were going to do all 15 in one episode. Then we realized, oh, this is probably a two-parter. And as we got rolling... It's a three-parter. So we are, I'm going to just go through the first uh, five. You are manhandling your mashed potatoes, apparently. You are killing your fresh herbs. You are refrigerating things, refrigerating things that don't need to be cold. You are crowding your pasta. You are rinsing your noodles. And, and uh, Marco Timpano, spoiler alert, hates the word noodles. It's, it's not a word that should be used. I want to say that M-N-M, uh, MNN stands Mother for- Nature Network, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to mention that because okay. I don't know how we found this random site, but this is the site we've decided to focus all our this attention on. All right. So, Ali, we're picking up where we left off. You know that noodle bothers me. I'd rather you spit in my face and say the word noodle. but uh, Noted. Noted for yeah. future reference. When I'm finally close enough to spit on you, uh, I will keep that in mind. All right. So, number six here. Uh, apparently, you are disrespecting your egg whites. Okay. Well, this is especially for bakers. Apparently, whipped egg whites uh, provide that airy... I don't know why I said apparently. They provide a structure for cakes and souffles. They need to be whipped. So, you know, um, I don't do a lot of stuff with egg whites. Sometimes you have to separate for a little sure. bit of baking your eggs and your your, your, your yolks and your whites. But... Um, this 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 thing this this list the item says that you need to let the egg whites stand for a little while because cold egg whites do not whip up as well as room temperature ones do and um, yeah the you have to wait until the stiff peaks form if you know egg whites you know about stiff peaks and you make sure not to overbeat or they will become grainy. I see. Okay. What is your experience with this, Marco? Well, you know, it's interesting. I didn't realize by letting your eggs become room temperature, the egg whites will uh, whip or froth better. So I'm going to actually take this tip when I make uh, sours and I use the egg whites. Oh, yeah. I'm going to let them get to room temperature before I, 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 what I usually do is I prepare them just before we go on air. So I'm, I'm shaking fresh egg whites or fresh from the fridge egg whites. So perhaps they're not frothing as much as they they could be frothing. But then again, I don't necessarily like a big froth in my drinks. Where do you right. stand on the froth in your drinks? I don't need it. I don't need it. Let's get that. Let's let that drink come to my lips a little sooner. You know, I, Let's, I, what am I, what am I going to do with this froth? Lick it? Yeah. I dip I, my tongue in this froth? Like what's this, what's the, what's the end game here? I don't, I don't care for it that much. Little I know froth that is nice. I know that whipping. The drink. Yeah. That's the, the head on the beer, it protects the drink. Yeah. Whipping whipping egg whites, I've heard, should be room temperature. And I know that if you over whip them, if you're making a meringue or a souffle, or if you have to fold it into some, some dough uh, or to create a dough, you want your egg whites to be fluffy and not over whipped. So this might be uh, a good 
a good rule to follow. My question is not so much about disrespecting your egg whites. It's disrespecting your egg yolks. So if you use egg whites for a different purpose, egg white omelet, for uh, sours, or to make a souffle, what are you doing with your yolks or the red of the egg, as we say in Italian? Il rosso del uovo. Rosso del uovo. Uh, well, there's a number of things. Number one is um, you can use it as a egg wash. So uh, let's oh, say yes. you want to, um, uh, you know, roll some uh, spring rolls or re- roll some, uh, you know, samosas or whatever it is. You can use that wash um, to uh, to seal things, right? So let's say it's only one egg egg yolk. It can be a sealant, which is weird, but anyway. Sure. Otherwise. Um, the other things you can do, you can, uh, you know, uh, use it as an egg wash for uh, fish. Let's say fish or chicken. So you you dredge the chicken in flour so that it has yes. a dry coating. Then you put the um, that that egg uh, wash. Uh, you know, you you dip it in egg wash. If you have, let's say, four or five or six egg yolks, and sure. then you dip that piece of, let's say, it's a fish into some breadcrumbs or spice mixture or or something delicious, some kind of coating. You can press sesame seeds or, or different kind of seeds into the exterior of it, and then you can fry it or bake it. And that's, that's pretty exciting. What do you do with the rosso, my friend? You make zabaglione, my friend. You make, you take the egg... You add some sugar, maybe Marcella wine. You beat that shit up like it deserves to be, and you make yourself a zabaglione. You want to tell people what a zabaglione is? Obviously, it's an Italian dessert. There are maybe people who aren't as passionate about Italian desserts as you are. Yeah, well, zabaglione is a sweet Italian, let's say condiment, that you can make into a dessert. If you if you want to pepper it and make it more adult, you add a bit of liquor to it. Traditionally, Marsala wine, you could add some grappa, you could add some, I would say, dark rum to it, and you can add it to fresh fruits. You can eat it like it is. Some people actually put it in their coffee. There's so much you can do with Zabayona. You could put it, if you want to get fancy, and you know me, I'm not a fancy kind of guy, but if you want to get fancy and you have one of those uh, canisters that whip the contents that you put in there light and fluffy, you could put your Zabayona, which is egg. Uh, egg yolks whipped with sugar into a canister and puff it up and put it on the top of your coffee like a thick protein rich latte is how I would mm. describe it. Yeah. Zabaglione. So, you know, sounds gross, likely because it is, uh, but we'll humor Marco and pretend like it's something exciting. I'll tell you this when we're talking about eggs, uh, this is not about egg whites, this is about the whipping specifically. There is an, a, a North American um, inclination yes. to, uh, to, to whip your eggs when you're making an omelet. When you whip, you aerate, right? You, you, right. Uh, you allow the air in and you make it sort of fluffy. I don't like fluffy eggs. I like well, a French-style omelet. God, no. I like a French-style okay. omelet. And when you're doing that and if you're looking for a, a thinner French-style omelet, you don't use a whip. Use a fork. To mix it around. Do not aerate it. You like an omelet that is snobby with an air of disdain. A French omelet. I mean, that's you're going to stand alone on that. I don't know why you want to disrespect Listen, our French listeners, the you, people who made the best omelet ever. What did I do? What did I do? You just me? disrespected Zabaglione. Yeah, all right? But, and but all, not every Italian on the earth. 
Not every Italian. Listen, the French, the, the French, the the French have a version of zabaglione which they call sabayon. Oh, delicious! I love oh. a sabayon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing around with you. No, I know. I know. I, I would love it. Of course. Listen, just, uh, I love I love the French. I don't want to I don't want to get uh any sort of French emails. I have family in France, so uh I don't like them, but generally speaking, I like the people around them. So <laughs> he did the old he did the old I can't be racist. I have a friend who's some color of some kind. That's what you just did. Have you I been have to family in France? Yes. Have you been to Lyon? No, in France? much much worse. Much worse, Marco. <clears throat> I've sent my daughter to Lyon on an exchange, oh. a, a girl who uh, couldn't care about food at all. Uh, so not only have I not been to Lyon, I've disrespected myself and Lyon in the process. Listen, if you want to eat like you've never eaten before, there's a couple of places in the world that I would say you go to, and Lyon is in the top five. Of course, uh, of course. I'll mention other ones as the podcast goes on, but if you haven't, if you have the opportunity to go Lyon, France, which is kind of like if you took a pin and you put it right in the center of France, you're going to hit Lyon. It's a place to go. That's all I'm going to say. I know. We could do an episode on Lyon because of all the research I did before my daughter went. What, what happens when she goes? She stays with a family who think treating her uh, means giving her chocolate croissants every day for breakfast Yum. and McDonald's for lunch. No. Can you imagine? In Lyon. I was no. like, uh, I was on the phone with my daughter. I'm like, stop eating McDonald's. You're killing me here. You're killing me. She's like, they they keep giving it to me. They think this is what I would like. I'm like, well, you tell them you wouldn't like this. She goes, I can't. They're so nice. Well, anyway, there's a nightmare. Oh, We're man. not going to get through this list at all. Number seven, you are making your coffee beans weepy. Marco, your thoughts on this? What they're saying here is that if you keep your your coffee beans in the refrigerator or freezer, it's it's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. It doesn't make your coffee better. In fact, it condenses the can affecting the beans and causes them to lose their beautiful roasted flavor. Yeah, not you condenses should... the can, creates condensation. Condensation. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah it doesn't uh, shrink the can. Your cans are no. not shrinking. Well, I figured I figured it would cause you know how uh cold makes things contract shrink a little bit sure. yeah yes yes um, i heard you talk about that <laughs> what they say is you should keep your coffee beans in an airtight glass or ceramic container and keep it in a dark cool location i agree yeah. with them there if you feel you need to refrigerate your coffee maybe you have too much coffee beans maybe you need to reduce the amount maybe don't go to starbucks and order four pounds of coffee order two and a half I, right. I don't, this doesn't apply to me. I use espresso coffee and I prefer the vacuum sealed Lavazza coffee or the Illy coffee that comes into a can. And it lasts me maybe three weeks, maybe. So I don't have this problem. So either shit or get off the pot, either drink your coffee or don't start making tea. Okay. That Where do you stand? Got, that guy's got an opinion. Uh, you know what? I... I go through phases. I go through phases where we make a lot and then we don't make some and then we make some. We've given away coffee a number of times. Okay. Um, we've also gotten coffee as gifts, you know, relatives go to Costa Rica or Honduras where you get, uh, but then it's like, uh, this is all right. I don't like this that much, to be honest. This oh, looks, that, well, tastes like something that was uh, not, in, not, not enjoyed by locals and sold to tourists. And now we have it in our home. Well, there's so, a fuck you to all of Ali's relatives who kindly bring him back gifts yeah, right there. The, the nice the nice news is they probably don't listen to this show. 
Okay. And also, why are they not listening to the show? You don't listen to this show. I'm giving away your coffee. That's how it works. That said, uh, if you if you do listen to this show and yes. you do like the show, please give us a review. I know we have listeners in the United States. I don't know why they're not giving us five star reviews on iTunes. Stop what you're doing. Stop this podcast right now, midway through, and give us a five star review because it helps us get more listeners like you. That's all I'm going to say. Perfect. Number eight. You're not letting your food rest. Now, this, I don't know if you're committing this, uh, you know, a crime, but uh, this is important. This is very important. This is this not is, just with steak. Most people know you let your steak rest when it comes out. Well, you you know what kills me, Ali, is like you have these sort of gung ho uh, barbecuers who are all about like you know I've got the tools, I've got the sauce that I'm going to slather on it. I've prepared, I've brined my meat, I've done all this, and I've been to these people's homes where they don't let the meat rest. It's like they take it off the grill and then it's on the table. It's like, you've done all this. You've spent a million dollars on that green egg barbecue. You've prepared, you've put on the thing that says, kiss me, I'm smoking or whatever the fuck it says, right? (laughs) And you're grilling up a storm and you don't treat your meat with the respect it needs by letting it rest. And certain meats need need to rest more than others. Do you want to? You just want to leave that out there. Or you want to tell people which meats we're talking about. Okay, so here's here, help people. Help the, people. The, the problem is, Ali. If I get into this, it's a maxi episode. I hear you. Okay. Certain meats don't need to rest. So the the leaner the meat, like a filet mignon, does not need to rest as long as a um, ribeye, for example. Ribeye. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that's an inherent problem with people who uh, have large weddings and they want filet mignon as a entree with their weddings, they don't realize that if that meat rests, it's not a good thing for filet mignon. So your guests, even though you're giving them the choicest, one of the choicest cuts of meat, it's not going to come to their table because it's been resting because you have so many people. It's often cooked beforehand. It's not going to be the filet mignon that you get in a restaurant when you order a single portion of it. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, Something like a ribeye that can rest and taste wonderful. So if you're going to have a large party, a hundred plus at a hall or wedding place, you, you go for meat that can rest because when it hits your guest plate, it's going to be fantastic. But meat should rest to allow the juices to uh, release. It allows the tension that the meat feels when it hits the heat to relax and so your meat becomes more tender uh easier to cut and just uh, delicious in your mouth that's all i gotta say i'm gonna add to that and say not just meat but casserole dishes uh, lasagnas um a couple of episodes ago i made a millefeuille a millefeuille i won't make you pronounce that again millefeuille uh, no it's horror to my ears thank you very much marco but it's um it's basically Think about a vegetarian lasagna. So no noodles, just vegetables, layers and layers of vegetables. And that needs to rest as well, sometimes up to a half an hour. Now it's a, a condensed, uh, a baked dish, so it'll still be warm when you eat it. I think people are like, oh, the food will go cold. The food will go cold. And that's their concern. This is not about that. This is about eating something that will still be warm, but that has rested. And, uh, and you're not, you know, you don't have a big soupy um, mess. You have something that is uh, that you're eating the way it was intended to be. Also, food does not have to be fucking devil hot when it hits your plate. It can be a nice warm temperature, my friend. Sure. And a nice trick there, if you want it to remain hot, nice trick, a nice tip, 
keep your uh, you know warm your plates warm them in the uh, in the heat setting of your dishwasher or in your oven however you want to do it have warm plates sometimes you uh, you do yourself a disservice uh, by putting them on a, a cold plate immediately you can also imagine what happens also just to clarify if you do let your meat rest cover them with some tin foil yes. cover the meat so that the steam remains uh, surrounding the meat so it doesn't go ice cold. So there's another tip there. Yeah, I think this is an important rule, uh, not letting your food rest. Uh, I, I do want to clarify okay. something. A, a mille feuille is not, yes. is not a vegetable lasagna. So you can make a lasagna that only has vegetables that doesn't have meat, which is considered a vegetable lasagna. What yeah. you're making is a... Listen, I've done my clarifications in my no. episode. You don't have no. to, you don't need any of that, but it's true. No. no, if somebody did not listen to that episode, exactly. I said, picture a vegetarian lasagna, but with no noodles. I said that immediately. Yeah. At now, that point, it's not a lasagna. When you take the noodles away, it's no longer a lasagna, my friend. Okay. If you could just, okay. uh, just curtail your obnoxiousness <laughs> for a moment. So we can get to number nine, which is crowding your pan. Now, earlier in the first five, we were talking about don't crowd your pot, particularly with pasta, but with so many different things. This is about uh, don't not crowding your pan, which is huge. If you want something to fry, it needs space yeah. to fry. You add to it. Think of mushrooms. Mushrooms is the best example. People cut up 17 mushrooms, put them in a pan, and all of a sudden you got steamed mushrooms. What you wanted was stir-fried mushrooms. You're not getting any stir-fry happening if there's too much stuff in that pan. And it just makes sense. Same goes for if you're frying something, right? If you put too many things in a fryer, what happens is you reduce the temperature of the uh, frying uh, liquid. And so it immediately drops. And so you're not frying at the ideal temperature. And ultimately what you do is you turn that food item into a oil sponge. It'll just soak up the oil that it's meant to be fried with. And then uh, it's the worst thing in the world. And, and you know, people worry about deep frying and how it's bad for your health. It's not great, but it becomes much worse when you crowd a deep fryer. So that's a very, very good point because you are soaking and absorbing so much of that of that oil. So bottom line, Ali, do not crowd your pans. Give your food the room to cook or fry that they deserve. You don't want them to not cook on one side because they're touching each other. Give them the space that you want in the place you live. Amen to that. From your lips to God's ears, Marco. All right. Now, final thing for today. It's not the final thing. This list is 15. We're at number 10. The, we're at Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Return of the Jedi is uh, is next week or, or potentially the week after. This last one, a little bit confusing. I, I don't know how many of you are making this mistake. I don't even know if it's that big a mistake. You're using dry measuring cups for liquids. Basically, liquid measuring cups have a spout. Dry measuring cups do not. This is what they're saying. And I'm sure you all know this. When you measure flour, you spoon the flour into the cup and then you level it across the top with the flat side of a knife or a spatula or some such thing. I don't know. It's, it doesn't sound like the worst crime I've ever heard. I think uh, this is applicable to baking because with it baking, it's an exact science. So you want, if it tells you it should be a cup, that's why you take that knife and you uh, remove the excess in a guillotine-like uh, fashion. You just kind of spoon it off. So everything that's in your measuring cup is uh, leveled and the right amount. Great. 
Yeah. Good luck and Godspeed to all of you. We've got 11 through 15 on a, on a future episode coming up very soon. Just to give you a teaser, oh, one of man. them is you are cooking your water incorrectly. Did you know you're doing that? Apparently oh, you man. are, or maybe you're not, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to attack 11 through 15. That is our mini episode uh, for today. Anything left to add, Marco? I heard like seven oh man. What's happening? Your passion well, like, is over. Like, I just wanted to say that another one on it is um, over softening your butter. And so when I, I read that, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a, next week's our third part of our triptych series of 15 things that you're doing wrong in the kitchen. You will hear us probably go on a rampage is all I'm gonna a, a warning trigger warning all right well uh this has been a mini episode that was Marco I'm Ali thank you very much for listening until we eat and drink again that was eat and drink the mini episode with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano if you have a topic cocktail food item or segment for what's in Marco's mouth email us at podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Again, that's podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Look for the mini episode on the 1st and 15th of every month. Until the next one, forks out. <laughs>